0: Today we're talking with Aaron Kroll about using high-impact marketing to achieve scalable, predictable growth. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to Shatter the Mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We have got an awesome guest, but... Before we get there, a quick update on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Huge thank you to everyone that continues to buy the book and continues to send me all your feedback on how you're liking the methods in the book and how you're using the content. Thank you, of course, also to people that are leaving five-star reviews on Amazon and letting everyone know what you like about the book so that they are more informed and can decide whether they want it as well or not. And, of course, also pumped to report for people that have not seen any latest episodes, uh, the coverage that it's gotten earlier this year was featured in USA Today, in an article titled 20 Reading Suggestions for a New and Improved You in 2021, and in Forbes in an article titled 21 Books to Read in 2021. It's also recently passed the 50,000 copy threshold. That was earlier this year, or was probably might have been last year. So funny, I, when I checked on it, it was actually higher than 50,000, so I don't know the date that I actually passed that mark, but... Either way, obviously super excited and super humbled by everything that's been going on with it. And if you have not had a chance to check out a copy for yourself yet, you can just feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto forward to the Amazon listing where you can check it out on Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer that format. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can always go to youtube.com slash Cap. That's where I keep videos and content in support of the book, teaching new methods, interviewing law of attraction experts, and having a whole mess of other fun stuff there waiting for you. And I'm working on some really great new content for that that'll be out soon as well. So definitely want to check that out. With that said, let's get straight to the guest of the day. Aaron Crawl. understands marketing on a level few will likely ever reach, but rather than spread himself too thin and try to serve countless different niches, he works mostly with software companies in need of that one last exercise. Extra push to truly take their business to the million dollar level and beyond. After all, while the people behind many of the great software companies that you might encounter are highly technical, because their mindset is directed so intensely on that part of the business, most haven't learned how to actually market or grow their product. And this is where Aaron steps in, because he sees so much potential value for the businesses and their customers if only the software products being made can really get their opportunity to find the right people. So if you've got a software company doing at least three hundred grand in revenue, and your customer is worth at least $2,000 a year to you... Aaron knows how he can increase your revenue by $500,000 to a million dollars or more. And if you don't run a software company, you still want to eavesdrop on today's conversation anyway, because the things that we go through in this interview can help you too, no matter where you are in your business or what business you might be in. You'll understand what I mean shortly. So without any further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Mr. Aaron Crawl. Aaron, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it yeah man and i'm I'm really excited about where we might take this conversation because you know you were telling me um you know about what you do, and I think it's really interesting and it's one of those things that people don't realize they they look at a company that may or may not be successful, and they assume that the company is doing everything it's supposed to do already. They assume that the company has everything dialed in, and you know you take software companies like you were saying they're they're technical, they think of things in a certain way. Marketing is not their thing. And, and by the way, I personally don't view that as a bad thing. I mean, that's not their job. Their job is to have a really high quality um, software or, or platform, whatever you might call it, and leave it to the experts to help them phrase how they're going to do and communicate how their value is. And it, it, again, if, if I'm understanding everything correctly that's where you go in for these companies. And before we get into what you do, how you do it, I'm, I'm curious, what led you to th- this specific path that you're doing this right now? Um, yeah. So I, I I started like most people. I, was, I started as
1: uh, most entrepreneurs, just trying to figure out a problem and solve it. Back when I started, I don't know, this is probably seven, eight years ago. It's just, I was just doing websites and SEO and just trying to, just trying to develop a skill that was really, really powerful that um, that I could uh, sell and market. And um, what I found was that I was so tired of solving everyone's problems that the idea of getting a new client just freaked me out. And it was like terrible. I remember driving down the street when I was in Spokane, Washington, And seeing all these businesses, all these signs for businesses—not advertisements, like just signs, like Jiffy Lube and you know, Claire's massage therapist—and I remember thinking, you know, I could do every single one of these companies could be my client. Hmm. That's that's my client is any single one of these companies, and I thought my life is that this made me so sad. And overwhelmed and anxious t- to see that. So, it took me a long time, but I finally decided, made the decision. What, what is one market that I could apply my skill set towards that I could just be an expert in, and just help? I just want to help one, one market, one specific type of company. And um, at the time, I was doing video production, and so I kind of sold off the clients at the video production. I took two months off, and I just. Researched all these industries and I had a mentor to help me walk me through it. I think that was really, really key is that I had a mentor who could see things I couldn't see. He's like, Hey, have you considered SaaS software as a service? And I was like, what is SaaS? And, um, and I, uh, I I went into it. I, I looked at it a little bit and, um, I kind of was like, wow, these are some really cool people that are doing some really cool amazing things and and um sorry my son my son just walked in
0: all good my friend uh
1: and and then i started looking at like communities and i was like man these guys don't have a place to like to talk and to to network and grow so i created a, a group called sas growth hacks on facebook um I didn't. I didn't think through any of this stuff, by the way. People ask me, "Why do not you do a LinkedIn group or a..." Sl-? I didn't. I don't know. I just picked the. I picked the the f- platform I was familiar with, um, and I just started it. And then I spent time trying to figure out what their problems were. I spent years looking at what works and what didn't work. I interviewed hundreds of founders and developed. Finally, developed my own process for helping SaaS companies. And so that's where I'm at now. Is I. Exclusively work with software companies, but not just software. B two B software companies with an ARR of three hundred thousand or more, with a client value of two thousand a year or higher. That's like, that's my perfect. If you have that, I can absolutely help you. No question. Yeah. Um, took me a while to get there, but now. Um, I drive down the street. And I'm like, sweet, look at all these great businesses. I can't help any of them, and it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, I I know exactly who I can help, and that's who I can help. And anybody that doesn't fit that, I say, I'm sorry, I just can't help. So, um, so that's how I got to SaaS. From I graduated from BYU in advertising. Um, I worked at L'Oreal in the makeup and the hair care department in New York City. I mean, I bounced around to a bunch of different stuff. Finally, ended up in SAS. And I think this is my is my little home. I finally feel at home.
0: Awesome. You know, there's so much to to take out of that answer that I think really applies and, and helps people. Because the the thing is, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs are like, "Well, I'm a copywriter," or you know, I, "I'm whatever," and they're looking to serve all these different industries. And there's something in that. But I and I could be wrong about certain people listening to this, but I think oftentimes. They're trying to do that just because they want more money, which there's nothing wrong with that. We want money. We want to be successful. But there is something to be said. And this is the message that I'm getting from what you did here. There's something to be said about not going insane, not overwhelming yourself, not spreading yourself too thin, and also finding a good, comfortable spot where you can really grow and stretch your wings and learn new insights and just be of a, a much higher value. And what I also love about this is In terms of refining, you didn't just say SaaS companies. You said, well, listen, they need to have these certain numbers, not because you can't help other people with other numbers, but you figured out that like someone doing lower numbers, that also means they have fewer dollars to put into one of the things that you know works. I'm using that as an example. There are certain things that those numbers and that level of success lends itself to when you want to plug the pieces in place. And it sounds to me like you've done such a good job of, of making this pretty much an automatic, predictable process. So you're using that, you're saying, okay, I know this works, I'm refining it, I'm not overwhelming myself, I'm not burning out, and I'm being super efficient and super valuable to these specific companies while I'm doing it. So to me, this sounds like in many ways, a, a really wonderful path to emulate for other people in other industries or, or where, wherever, just because I, I'm personally very impressed by the fact that you, you identified this, that this is not only an issue right now, this is gonna be an issue. 10 years from now doing this, I'm going to be done. And you know, you, you know, your, your son popped in here, you've got a family. You don't want to, you want to make sure that you're have work-life balance and all these things. So really kudos to you for, for identifying this and having a certain maturity level and then thriving within the spot that you chose. So I just wanted to give you props to that before we move on, my friend. Can I speak to that real
1: quick? Yes, please. I I don't, I want to make it really clear. It took me 10 years to get here. Mm. I'm 36. Mm. Okay. I'm, um, I don't know. Is that, is that middle age? I don't even, I don't even know if that's, considered. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what middle age is.
0: Not, not um, these days
1: anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 36. It took me 10 years to get here. I struggled. I have failed so many times, more times than I can count. I've had more failures than I could, way more failures than I've had successes. And, um, and so if anybody's listening to this and thinking, oh man, he's got it all figured out, dude, it's not the case. Hmm. Um, and there's a magic about sticking with it and pivoting and, and trying new things and, and growing and failing. Failure is another word for success. Failure is, um, progress. And so if you're not failing, you're not progressing. I just want to make it clear like that. When I listen to these podcasts, I think, oh man, this guy's got it all figured out. And you know, he's, he got, he got there. It's magical. I'll never get there. Dude, you will get there. You will get, you will get there. If you stick with it, um, it's inevitable. And so, uh, so I just wanted to make that caveat.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Aaron, for speaking to that. And one also thank you for, and <laughs> this tells me by the way, a lot about your marketing skill, because even in, as I was saying that you identified that there were p- people listening, interpreting in a certain way and feeling bad about themselves when they really shouldn't. Um, and I got to tell you, even hearing you say that, it, it makes me think like, I'm personally very happy and very fulfilled in what I'm doing this year specifically with my book and with all the, the, you know, basically the, the success that it's been having. I think though, before this, you know, there would be certain pockets of my life where I say, yeah, that's successful. That's doing well. But looking back, I'm like, Oh, I wasn't even happy. And I was, and I was just like you, I was pivoting and I've been pivoting for 20 years. So, yeah. And again, there, there've been successes and failures within that. It wasn't all failure. It wasn't all success. It was really an evolving process. And um, I'm glad, again, you spoke to that because I wonder if there's people right now that they are in that evolving process and it might not even feel like it. It it feels like they're hitting their head against the wall. It feels like they're going nowhere. It feels like it's never going to get there. It will, but there might be one more pivot in front of them. There might be 10 more pivots in front of them and we just don't know what's going to be. All they got to do is keep following that thread and keep hopefully resonating more and getting closer to what actually works for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know that because I was you. If you're listening to this and you're thinking,
0: He's speaking to me. I know that because I was you.
1: Yes. You're not alone.
0: Now I'm going to make an assumption here, Aaron, whether it's intentional or unintentional or a combination of both. I assume that all these failures and all this pivoting, this is part of what you bring into this process when you're helping these companies. It's part of something where they're, they're giving you a problem and you're doing a communication. Automatically, your brain is doing five leapfrogs of that won't work, that won't work, and that won't work because you've tried it in a different format in the past. So you're <clears throat> skipping levels, but only because you've already achieved through the levels. You've gone through there, and that's why hopefully you might be getting them someplace quicker you know, somewhere in a week or in a month rather than in three years. Is that a, a fair assessment? Oh yeah, it's totally fair. I,
1: I, um, I have a, a, a partner of mine who's like, who's talking about a competitor. And uh, he said, you know, this guy, this guy may have had more successes than me, but I've had way more failures than mm-hmm. him. And I was like, wow, uh, man, I, you know, what kind of client is that bringing in? like do i want to work with a client who judges me by my successes um or not only by my successes but by how many times i've tried things that haven't worked you know like that that's a different way of looking at it and i think um i have way more failures under my belt than i have successes um but that's just because it's taken me a long time to get to where i'm at now 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 the trajectory is more successes and failures, because I know who I can help finally and I know, I know I can help, and I'm more confident in being able to help that specific type of person um, but yeah i uh absolutely um you know those those failures and knowing what doesn't work and being able to help them avoid super common pitfalls i mean we call it we call our thing the profit engine accelerator yes um because uh, because it really is it really does accelerate growth because when you don 't have to make those mistakes that i 've seen so many people make and you skip all that stuff and just go right to the good stuff, you see just a
0: huge amount of growth in a very small amount of time uh, by avoiding those pitfalls so yeah I love it some of that might be um <clears throat> sound bites to tease these, this episode let 's see if uh let 's see what happens there because it's like I'm full so of sound much bites, man and what you 're just saying yeah um, cool, so really you know and Obviously, there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening right now. And there might be a few SaaS founders out there listening to this right now as well. So just for their benefit, I, I'm curious. Obviously, we don't want to betray any confidences. We don't want to give too many specifics. But you see, again, all the time, these companies that they're really good on the technical part, but not on the marketing. What's a good example, whether it's real or, or kind of based on real, that they come to you with an issue? And like, what do you do to solve it? Like, How do you reposition them or, or refocus their message so that it draws people in? Um, so, so usually
1: my, my ideal client is a, is a a tech founder who's created a really, uh, a really solid product that solves a big problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and the thing about solving a really big problem and just doing the best that you can and getting it out into the market is that you're going to grow despite yourself. Mm. on having despite not you don't need to be a like if i if i wrote you and said if you had cancer and i wrote you and said hey um i think i might have the cure to cancer can can we chat like i don't i i don't need to have be an expert copywriter to write that i don't need to you know create a youtube pre-roll campaign and have facebook ads i mean the message resonates with you because you have cancer right i don't uh, or if i said something like hey um you know, Oprah called me and she has one spot on an interview that would you like would you like a spot on her show next week? <laughs> like I'm not an expert copywriter. You don't have to be an expert copywriter to say that. The offer is so good, right? solving a huge pain. Right. So people get people get so caught up on um uh anyways, I'll 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 save that for later. But anyway, so these these guys create a really good product and they they reach out to people and they're like, hey, I solved this problem. Can do you have it? And they're like, Yes, I do. Um, and they 've grown despite themselves but they' there 's all these things they don 't have in place that could get them even further if they just had them implemented mm-hmm. um, systems and processes and automations um, like if they 've if they 've been successful despite themselves and they 're kind of stuck um, that is like a perfect position to be in because um they have a good product. People love the problem they're solving. They're solving a big problem. And now it's just a matter of somebody coming in who knows. I don't, I don't need to be an expert in the product. I just need to be an expert in how to help you position your product. And so when we come in to a new client, the first thing we'll do is we'll go through, uh, a process where we identify who their dream customer is. We reposition their product so it's more valuable. So instead of Focusing on, we focus on features too, but we we really hone in on what is the actual benefit of the product. We we um, we connect that with the biggest pain points the market has. We identify objections, and then we build a case file. So all the promises that we make, we build a like if we were in the, a court of law, we build a case file to prove that what we say is true. And so all of that creates this foundation for you being able to position your product as the one, the right type of product to solve a, a problem for the right type of audience and then prove that you can do it. Um, and then w- once we do that, then it comes to scaling the sales and you increase customer value then you fill the funnel. Um, and we have, you know, stuff for all of that and all, all those little things we can put in. We put in systems to kind of pre-sell the customer to follow up with them once they, there's all these little levers that they're not moving, mm. you know? And like, I have found that you can increase conversions by just having, by like twenty to thirty percent, just by following up with old leads, wow, on a regular basis. That, that's all you need to do. And these guys don't know how to do that. I know how to do that like the back of my hand. I could follow up with leads for years and years and years, and never they would never get tired of hearing from me. That's how that's how good I am at that. <laughs> and so, and I can do that for any any company. Right. Um, I learned that from an expert, and I I applied it in the SaaS. And um, and if they just put that one uh, – there's dozens of systems we implement. If they just put one of these systems in there, it would change their business. Awesome. Yeah. And so the foundation part is kind of the hard work where we really dig deep into who the, their dream customer is. Then we position their product. We identify objections, build a case file, and then you start building in the systems
0: after right. that. So, I mean, I could be wrong here, but it sounds like a lot of this is operations. A lot of this is they don't have the, basically there's so many moves they can make. And the only reason they haven't made them is they either don't know what they are or just don't have the wherewithal to do them. And that's where someone like you comes in, like, let's just do that. And you, you understand the process, you understand the pitfalls. So it becomes a seamless process as much as possible. Yeah. We've done this so many times.
1: I've done this so many times and I've tried so many different things. And like the program that we put together is all of the best stuff that I know has an impact. Hmm. And um, it's none of the like, I have a group called SaaS Growth Hacks, and there's like this stigma around growth hacks, which is like, hey, you know, post a, you know, post an article and get a bunch of traffic one day, and you know, like that's a growth hack. Um, for most, for some people, my, for me, growth hacking, growth hacking is leveraging what you currently have. To its like fullest extent, before you go out and try a bunch of new stuff. Hmm. So many people have lists of leads that aren't converted. They have traffic that's not being converted, and they're always looking at the new thing. What's the new thing we can try? First thing I do is I go and I look at everything they've already doing, and and like take that engine that is like running, barely running. You know, it hasn't done any oil and it hasn't been greased yet. And we just shine it up so it looks like a new Chevy Corvette engine you know with shiny chrome and that's running beautifully and purring and then we go to the racetrack and then we race <clears> they're <throat> trying to race and win races before we fix the
0: engine i love it yeah because again this to me it's it's counterintuitive you think most people don't realize they are already sitting on a lot of opportunity they're already they sitting no on a lot idea. of ways to
1: do something yeah no it, people have no idea what um If you're listening to this right now and you ha you have a list of old customers or if you have traffic coming to your site or you have Facebook ads or a sales team, oh man, there's so many things that you can implement quickly and easily that would automate a lot of this process and make it and make sales increase sales retention churn will go down all those things by just implementing some really effective processes
0: yeah I love it, and you just you know while we're here off the top of your head. What's one good one that, you know, we'll, we'll assume, we'll, we'll pick a resource that someone has. Um, we, we already went into the, you know, the cold leads, but something yep. else, is there something that a lot of people might have? What is it? And what would you do with that just based on it? Um. Oh man,
1: pricing. Pricing, mm. dude. You want to increase your revenue by 15%? Increase your pricing by 15% and increase the perceived value of the product so it matches with your pricing. Um, a lot of man, people say, a lot of people say just. I'm sorry,
0: yeah, you are say saying, really imp- I'm saying something really important. I just want to make sure to follow that. When you say yeah. you increase the perception, do you increase the perception by 15% by 300% or by some ash? Like how much do you per- try to perceive the value strategically? Um, you want to increase the value enough so that the price they're paying
1: is, is a non-issue. Got it. You know, and however much that is for your dream customer. And, um, I mean, that's what I call that price optimization. It's just so easy to just, um, increase your prices. I have customers who've increased their prices, continue to increase their prices and people keep paying. Mm-hmm. Keep pe- they're like, we, we tried to price this out of their price range and they kept paying for it. I mean, imagine if you did that. Um, <laughs> I love it. People don't, people don't, you shouldn't think about, you shouldn't think about your product based on how much time it takes or how much energy or resources it takes for you to deliver the product. You price it based on how much that person values the product. If they value a Chanel bag at $7,000, what does that matter how much it costs to make? Right. You know? like I value this, this at $7,000. i will gladly pay $7,000 for it. And so um, – uh, and this, this doesn't work – you know when we're working with a b to c market things are a little bit different but with with b to with b to b usually they're bigger problems usually they have to do with saving time saving money um making more money and so you can easily um you can easily position the product so that it, it is more valuable and solves a bigger problem
0: i love it i love that there's just there's so much fundamental gold in what you're talking about here and i think a lot of times people don't do it just because, again, they, they are so, they're they so stuck in that 10-year pivot of back and forth and trying to find their way. And sometimes they're so close to the painting that they can't really look back and see the whole picture. And I mean, to me, and by the way, for everyone listening, for clarity, I've been as guilty of this, and I probably am in many ways still very guilty of this. And I think it's very important to to hear and remind yourself and maybe even take out time and think like, What am I not seeing? What picture is there in front of me that I'm just standing too close to because there's so many easy, simple things that I can do that would make it like, I love the pricing thing because that auto corrects so many other things. All of a sudden you can afford higher quality if you're doing, you can, you know, if you're a SaaS company, you can pay for another program or you can do so many different things when you're charging those higher prices in addition to just the revenue in and of itself. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely, man. (laughs) It's, it's magic. It's almost like magic if you do it right. Yes. <laughs> Perfect man to speak to it, right? Former magician. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. Cool. So um, we're we're almost winding down here. Um, Just, at, you know, is there something, first of all, that we haven't covered here that you thought might be good for mentioning to the audience that we just haven't gotten to yet?
1: You know, I think a big thing for me, and this is what I tell all my, clients: the first thing that we do whenever I work with a new client is I tell them. Uh all right, you have spent years building this product. You have tried and successfully solved a big problem. You have worked your butt off to grow this company um, and you have done it all for the benefit of someone else right You're doing it for your family, you're growing a business, but you could easily go do other things right I mean you you' entrepreneurs we we risk a lot. And we give up a lot. We, we, we have unlimited potential, but we're taking big risks. So what I say is, um, you deserve to work with your dream customer, not just any old prospect or business or whatever. You deserve to work with your best and dream customers, the customers that Um, When you see their email in your inbox, you smile, Um, they text you, you text them, they love working with you, they get value from you, they rave about you to their friends and colleagues. You deserve to work with these people, and you are doing yourself a disservice by not looking at your customer list and figuring out who is the customer that I can serve the best, get the best results for. That I love working with. Who is that? Who is that customer? And then going out and building a, a, a dream customer profile that you can attract more of those people to work with you. And a lot of times the dream customer is someone who has a, who, who values the problem that you solve at a higher amount than what you're currently charging. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I use the analogy. I'm not sure how good this analogy is, but a hammer t- to build a birdhouse could be worth five dollars, right, mm-hmm. for your niece. But the same hammer, if you're if you're in a you're trapped in a car and you need to break the window, that hammer value automatically has increased. The only thing that's changed is the situation. And so, if you find clients with bigger problems and you can solve those bigger problems, um. That's one really good way to find dream clients and, and grow your business. That's not the case for everyone. Some people like having, uh, you know, a small monthly reoccurring um, plans. I have a SaaS group. It's 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 a low cost per month, but it's really valuable, and I love it because it it helps me qualify people for um, my my profit engine accelerator and helps me find good clients. Um, but uh, but you deserve. I'm giving you permission. So look at your clients right now and think, who do I really want to work with and really want to attract? And I'm giving you permission to go out and find more of those people. That is, that has had the biggest impact on me and my clients. So that is what, if you start with that, everything else will kind of fall into place. Marketing will make sense. Your messaging will make sense. Confidence will go up. um, You'll love your business more. Your clients will love you more. Um, It's kind of a, uh, again, it's a, kind of a magical way to look at growing your business instead of just taking on everyone. Initially, you might have to take on a bunch of people you don't want to work with. That's fine. But get to that point as quickly as possible where you identify the client you can serve the most.
0: That's awesome. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, those that listen to the show, they, they know my processes. You know, I'll, I'll start to wind things down. Then I'll ask where people can connect. And then I'll have some big go-away question just to leave someone with a final huge chunk of value. You've already given it. So we don't need that last question. Let's just go straight to, hey, we'll we'll, we'll give you an opportunity anyway. I'll I'll give you another question (laughs) for that. Although, dude, you've delivered. But for people that do want to connect with you, learn more about you, there might even be some SaaS founders out there that that might want to resonate with the Facebook group. What are the best way or ways that they can get in touch with you if they want to?
1: Um, Two ways. Go to AaronCrowd.io last name is k-r-a-l-l just search for aaron k-r-a-l-l in google or yahoo or ask jeeves whatever whatever you're using these
0: days
1: (laughs) you'll find me and then if you're on facebook just go to sas growth hacks and join the the sas group um you can get a hold of me in in both those i'm always on facebook uh And, um, if you want to reach out, reach out to me there on my website, I have a chat
0: on my website. You can just start chatting with me, goes to my phone. So nice. Yeah. That says a lot right there. Well, you already gave your huge go away value, but I don't want to deprive you of the question. So I'll ask you anyway, Aaron, um, (laughs) you can go back in time to a version of yourself, 20 years, 15, 25, whatever. What's the one piece of advice that you'd wish to impart to that younger version of yourself? Oh man. Oh man.
1: Um, 20 years, so I'd be 16. huh? Um, I just had my first girlfriend. Uh, I would be um, doing a lot of skateboarding at this point in my life, not really thinking about anything. But if I had to come back to my 16-year-old self, I would say uh, one thing that I've realized in the past few months is that I have carried – with me my whole life a massive amount of shame around things that i've done around who i am and it's it's been like carrying a thousand pound backpack my whole life and and it has affected me more than i think anything else has negatively everything i would go back to my 16 year old self and i would say aaron You are doing the best that you can with what you have right now, with your limited capabilities. Um, First of all, be easy on yourself. Be easier on yourself. Um, It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. You will get through this. And the second thing is shame does not come from God. Shame comes from your own – yourself. It's it's not – it's never going to help you. It's it's never going to make you feel any better. What'll make you feel better is just really connecting with people and sharing, finding someone you can really really connect with, and 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 really tell them about how you're feeling. Um. And then my 16 year old self would say, "F you, get out of here," and then I would leave in my time machine.
0: Um, <laughs> but hopefully he would hopefully he would listen to me. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad I asked you one more question. And Aaron, I'm, I'm really glad that I had you on here. I'm so grateful for you sharing your insights. I think I say this all the time, but there's so much gold in this interview. I, I hope people will go back and listen to it and really pull things out. And I really appreciate you being here, my friend, and, and yep. sharing this wisdom. So thank you so, so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thank you again, Aaron. That was an amazing interview, and I so appreciate you coming on the show. Guys, you definitely want to check out AaronCrawl.io. I'm going to leave that link where the interview for this resides at shatteredamoldpodcast.com. I'll also leave the link to the SaaS Growth Hacks Facebook group that Aaron was talking about. So you've got both those links. And final reminder, if you haven't checked out my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book, you'll ever need to read, you can go ahead and go to LastLawOfAttractionBook.com. That'll auto forward to the Amazon listing, or you can check out the free content at YouTube.com. Slash Andrew Cap. Either way, I hope you enjoy that content, and I also hope that you check Aaron out because, as you can tell by this interview, he knows his stuff. With that said, that's all I've got for you today, so thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned. We've got another awesome guest on the way tomorrow and beyond. I'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.